Welcome to Startup Hacks, a We Global Studios podcast. We explore the stories and secret strategies that women entrepreneurs use to save time and money when bootstrapping and building their businesses. I'm your host, Fernanda Carapina, and today I'm very excited to welcome Filippa Carvalho. Filippa is a Lisbon-based attorney with over 10 years of corporate and immigration law experience and assisting in foreign direct investment. She is a co-founder of Moss & Cooper, a consulting firm aimed at assisting startups and small business owners by providing strategic and financial consulting. She also co-founded and is the managing partner of AGPC, a law firm based in Lisbon focused on assisting clients from other countries interested in investing, launching, and relocating to Portugal. Welcome, Filipa. Hi, Fernanda. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super happy to be here with you. Well, I'm so excited to have you, and I'm so excited for our listeners to really get some insight on the entrepreneurial uh, world outside of the United States and all of the exciting things that are happening in Portugal, which you seem to be very much in the center of. So I thought today we might start by just giving everyone a little bit of background on your um, early days, where you grew up, how you got started in this business and life in Portugal. Sure. Um, I was born in Porto, Portugal, uh, where I grew up and went to school and law school. After graduating, I moved to Lisbon to start my internship in a law firm. But my main motivation to move to Lisbon was actually to take on a volunteer internship I was doing at the same time at the Refugee Commission, the Portuguese delegation of the United Nations High Commissioner for the Refugees. And it was my first experience connecting with the foreigners coming to our country in very difficult conditions and their struggles. And it was a big influence for me, uh, even if I didn't know that at that time. At the end of my internship, I went and lived in Macau, China, for one year and a half, studying international law and foreign investment and getting to know a bit about Asia. And then I came back to Lisbon to do the Bar Association exams and started working as a lawyer. I worked for several years at the law firm and was in charge of assisting foreign clients with their investments and immigration issues in Portugal. And uh, dealing with those clients, I also I always felt that the services provided within a traditional law firm were insufficient in the sense that those were clients with specific needs. They don't speak the language. They don't know which steps to take. And more importantly, who to trust in this new country for them. And I knew there was an, a potential there, an opportunity there to start a business focused on providing broader, more personalized assistance to these clients especially when we were starting to see Portugal becoming more popular abroad. And that's when together with Catarina, my co-founder at AGPC, uh, we decided to quit our jobs and start our firm focused only on foreign clients and which we like to think of as being a kind of non-financial family office for our clients in Portugal. Nice. And did you find that making that transition from being a corporate attorney and having kind of a nine to five or or nine to nine job as is typical, um, stressful in starting your own practice? Or did you find it was quite easy and you had a lot of business right from the beginning? It was um, 
easy in the sense that I, I didn't, uh, I was used with working with these clients and doing this kind of work, but it also, it was also a very anxious time because I was quitting my job and starting something new. And at the time when we were only starting to see a new startup ecosystem flourishing in, in Portugal. So this wasn't as usual at that as it is fortunately uh, now. And uh, it, it felt like a big leap. Mm-hmm. And um, for our listeners who probably don't have um, a sense of what's going on in Portugal, and for complete um, disclosure, I was born in Portugal. Um, can you share what's happened in Portugal in the last uh, 10, five years in terms of the startup ecosystem there? Sure. Uh, and I think it benefit, benefited a lot and we see the influence in the country. Um, I think that before that time, if we are talking like 10 years ago, we didn't actually see startups or any kind of ecosystem here in Portugal. And at, at some point, and fortunately, the government started uh, really investing in this. And I would say not only the Portuguese government, but also the European Union, because they have a system in place with grants and benefits to really boost entrepreneurship and the qualification of small and medium-sized companies. And I think it made a difference. Uh, and we were we, we started to see that startup ecosystem being built, new incubators, new VCs, and also, fortunately, more and more entrepreneurs from other countries choosing Lisbon to launch their startups. Uh, this was completely new and super exciting for me. And I definitely wanted to be a part of that at that time. And actually, that was an opportunity for me as well, because uh, at that time, I was also challenged by Inej, which is my other co-founder in another company, uh, which is Moss & Cooper. And we started this consultancy that works with entrepreneurs and startups and provides the, the strategic and financial services. We, what we do is we help entrepreneurs and startups uh, with their fundraising strategies and in getting finance for their projects. And I know that also, let's talk a little bit about um, the current situation in Portugal, because now things have evolved to quite um, to quite a point now where Portugal is considered a very hot ecosystem in Europe and even globally. Uh, I yesterday was interviewed by the LA Magazine on an article specifically about California companies who are interested in relocating or creating a subsidiary or a company in Portugal. So it's getting a lot of attention. It is. And I would say, especially in the case of companies and entrepreneurs from the US, we are seeing more and more entrepreneurs and companies actually seeing Portugal as the, their entrance to European markets. Uh, it's it's a, a safe place to move to. A lot of qualified professionals, uh, almost everyone speaks English. There's a, a good quality of life, but I would say that then there's, there are, there's another layer to it, which is, as I was mentioning, the, the grants and the, the system put, a, put up in place by the Portuguese government and the European Union to boost entrepreneurship. So getting grants and finance to these projects and also other types of benefits such as uh, making it easier to get a residence permit. Uh, we now have the startup visa, for instance, or get, getting uh, granting some tax benefits to new companies here and qualified professionals moving to our country. 
Yes, and I had the pleasure of participating in a startup Lisboa workshop where they walked you through the ABCs of how to actually relocate a business to Portugal. And that's actually how we initially met. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was so surprised at how easy um, it had become to incorporate in Portugal, to um, secure a visa. And I was so impressed by all the incredible um, grant programs that they have, and even pro-investor programs where you can invest a certain amount of money every year as an angel investor in Portugal and write off a big chunk of that um, when you file your income taxes. And a lot of the programs that I'm seeing coming out of the EU and Portugal specifically seem so progressive. And sadly, um, the United States is a little behind in that in that area. Well, yes, I, I'm well aware that there's a big difference, I would say, in terms of, of culture. And uh, what I've been learning is that uh, I would say that probably in the U.S. there's a culture of in, in entrepreneurship that we really couldn't find, at least not in, in the same sense, at least in Portugal, but I would say in the European Union as a whole. And I think that... that uh, these advancements are really beneficial because they are uh, they are proving to be right in the sense that they are fulfilling their goal to um, encourage more entrepreneurs and uh, new projects to 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 succeed. And am I right? Uh, this number may be incorrect, but in the next five years, is it true that Portugal has about? $60 billion that is um, going to be invested in the startup ecosystem in the country? Well, <laughs> I don't know the number exactly, but it's true. It's true that there's there's a big, uh, a big amount of money coming our way to, to really uh, encourage entrepreneurs and make startups grow. And I think I've, I've been observing that the government is very much invested in, in making this ecosystem grow. And for for you, with the work that you've done on the grant and subsidiary side, can you just share maybe one or two um, opportunities if you're an entrepreneur and you're coming to Portugal that you find are just everyone's always surprised or amazed at some of the grants and opportunities that the government funds for you? Mm-hmm, sure. I, I would say one of the first ones that comes up to mind is a specific grant there that uh, we have for uh, the expansion of companies. So if let's say you are a company or a startup in the US and you see Portugal as a, a good a good entrance to the, to the European market, so you open a subsidiary or a new legal entity here in Portugal and uh, your strategy will probably be that you, you use Portugal as a test market, but then you will obviously want to expand to other markets. So there, there's a lot of investments in, uh, involved in that, right? Going, going abroad, going to fairs and marketing costs, um, having trips to meet prospective clients, prospective partners. And there's a specific grant to help in this internationalization plan, with how, how is it called? It's an internationalization call or grant, mm-hmm. where they uh, give up to 40 or 45 percent of your investment plan of up to two years for you to uh, move forward with these activities and pursue this expansion strategy so wait let me understand that correctly so it's 40 to 45 percent of the total expenditures that you plan on 
spending in your internationalization plan. So let's say if you think it's going to cost you $50,000 in travel and conferences and hiring some people, is that what the bucket of money would be? Or is it more how much money you think you'll be investing abroad? No, that's exactly right. You you submit your application with your investment plan for up to two years with your project. And if it's approved, yes, they will reimburse up to a total of 40 or 45% of those expenses. And it's Even, a grant, so you don't need to pay it back. That's amazing. Even even though, for example, you might be looking at expanding into Switzerland or Germany, they don't care. Yes, and it can be within the European Union or uh, 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 if you want to expand to another continent or other markets abroad, uh, it's it's uh, fine as well. Well, I that's why my heart really goes off to the country. I think the work that they're doing is so incredibly progressive and really blazing a trail. I think obviously all of the EU is participating in this kind of mindset, which is uh, great. So let's talk a little bit about Moss and Cooper specifically, because I think that um, what you have built and what I've gotten to understand is really um, very much the culture of Portugal in the startup ecosystem, where there, there is this entire effort for mass collaboration that again, I don't see in the United States. It's much harder to cultivate here. I think, I think the tide is changing here, but I'm always so impressed when I speak with professionals there at this sense of everyone working together, even though they work at different VCs or incubators or accelerators in order to really be pro-Portugal. Well, yes, I feel the same. I think, well, uh, it's obviously a smaller community. It's a smaller country. So probably it gets a, a little bit easier <laughs> to establish uh, those connections. But I would say that, yes, definitely the ecosystem's openness and willingness to welcome and establish partnerships, even with foreign entrepreneurs and startups, it's uh, definitely one of the, the main advantages or one of uh, one of the main things that clients com coming from other countries always highlights. Um, and yes, Mossen Cooper was was born exactly at that moment when we were seeing this startup scene really flourishing, and we we want we we knew we wanted to be a part of that, and we grew. Uh, in connection with those with those those entities, the program you were mentioning, launching Lisbon at Startup Lisboa, other programs with other incubators, the openness of VCs to talk with us and to receive our clients when they are looking for private investment. Uh, these are really the things uh, uh, we relied on to build our uh, company. And so now <clears throat> let's take a moment and highlight um, some of the key services that Moss and Cooper provides? Uh, sure. Well, we have two main uh, areas of work. One is uh, business development and providing consultancy that way, uh, screening and finding the right partnerships for our clients, uh, especially in the Portuguese market. And then uh, a fundraising area where we work with our clients to uh, define the best strategy in terms of fundraising according to the maturity stage of their projects and working with all the tools available. And this means naturally 
connecting with the banks, but then making the applications to all these EU uh, grants and Portuguese grants that we were mentioning, as well as tech, tax benefits, helping them go, going through crowdfunding campaigns, and finally making the bridge between them and private investors, business angels, and VCs in Portugal. And is it not true that you also help with some of the simple things that are sometimes very complicated, like the startup visa application and just kind of getting settled in the country in general? Yes, what we've done as we were seeing more and more entrepreneurs coming from other countries and because, as I was mentioning before, we understand that those clients have specific needs because they don't know where to go or which steps to take, we have established a program which we call Startup uh, Launch Program and we have established a network of partnerships with accredited professionals in the other areas, so legal, accounting, recruitment, IP protection, real estate, insurance, banking, you name it, and we bring those partners to the table so we all together we are able to provide uh, broad assistance to the client from A to Z. Right. And do you find that that is a common approach in Europe or, or do you think that's a unique approach in Portugal and within your own company? Well, I, I think this is a, a new approach, at least uh, from what I've been uh, observing in Portugal. I see other programs such as the program we were just mentioning in Startup Lisboa trying to do the same thing. In terms of companies providing these services, I, I, I like to think that in the beginning when we started with this mindset to be a kind of a one-stop shop to our clients, it was uh, fairly new here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And has it been um, a successful ride so far? It's been it's been a, a great ride so far, yes. <laughs> and especially because of what we were just mentioning, the the these flourishing ecosystem, everyone's willingness to collaborate, all the all the the, the connection that you are able to establish with other other co-founders, other teams, uh, other incubators, and all this uh, opportunity to exchange ideas and to build projects together. It's been a fantastic ride. Fabulous. Well, now let's switch gears for a moment and, and talk about some of the strategies that you and your partners have used, which may be unique to the country, and it would be kind of interesting to explore that. Um, to save time, money, and gain a competitive edge when you were launching um, Moss and Cooper. Are there some startup hacks that come to mind that, um, that help you to do those things? Sure. Well, the first one that, all, that uh, immediately comes to mind is, as we were just saying, the importance of, of connection, of reaching out to other co-founders, of uh, relying in your, on your team, but also, I would say, externally, reaching out to mentors and programs that support women entrepreneurship. I've done three. Uh, in the beginning of our adventure at Moss and Cooper and AGPC. And I think that was one of the best decisions I've made early on to go out there, reach for help and connect with others. I think that when we, when we are starting and bootstrapping, it may be very easy to focus all our efforts on the tasks we see in front of us and feel that we need to be able to take care of all that by ourselves. And that's Actually, interesting because I think that now with COVID, I experienced that again a bit. Being at home is just so easy to focus on the tasks at hand and forget about connecting with others, reaching out for help. 
so not being able to go out to events, to gatherings, or just to meet the team in person, really. It's hard, and I think that we humans thrive in connection. So we need to keep figuring out ways to reach out to others. And this was super important at the beginning of both of my companies. And I feel it was a game changer for me to enroll in some programs specifically designed to help women entrepreneurs and finding a mentor was also very important. And um, how are how active are um, women in the entrepreneurship field in Portugal? Well, I, I uh, bit by bit, I see. I think we are seeing an increase of activity in, in terms of women entrepreneurs. Uh, one of the programs uh, with which I enrolled in the beginning of of all, all this uh, of the company was actually a program established by um, the wife of the former U.S. ambassador to Lisbon. It was really? a program called called Connect to Success. So uh, they had workshops uh, on the basic topics regarding starting a business. But more than that, more than, more than that content, which was really great, it was also about feeling involved in a community with people who, are, who have similar goals and struggles and who are able to uh, encourage you and help you in some way within that network. It was also through that program that I found my mentor, uh, which is a, a, a Portuguese uh, woman, but the, was involved in the program at, the, at that time. And um, I think that bit by bit, we, we start to see more of these programs uh, emerging in Portugal. And is there, um, do you think that there's a movement forward now to have more support for female founders in Portugal? Definitely, yes, definitely. I see that happening. And uh, even we are seeing a lot of, uh, even now with COVID, we are seeing a lot of webinars and workshops uh, promoted by uh, big incubators and uh, with the participation of VCs, women business angels, women uh, working on VCs. Uh, we are seeing more and more of that. So um, we're almost out of time. So I'm going to ask you one last quick little question, which is, what one piece of advice do you wish that someone had given to you when you were starting out your business that would have helped you immensely that you didn't know at the time? Well, um, I think in the beginning and even now, um, I feel that uh, I should have paid more attention to uh, a different kind of role model. I feel we need to start paying more attention to different role models, people with balanced lives who can show us that it's possible to have a, success, a successful business and career while having a healthy family and personal life at, at, at the same time. And we need to stop raising the individualistic and balanced examples that we see a lot in several very successful founders, but who are praised on the media as the only way to get really successful. And I, I think that if I would like that someone would have told me this is not the only way to be successful. And I think it's very important to start in inspiring women through different role models uh, so they can feel that they are enough as they as they are. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
And um, we look forward to having a presence in Portugal at We Global Studios as well and to work with you and to continue to really promote that idea of community and supporting one another on our entrepreneurial journeys. And lastly, Philippa, would you want to share a website or um, an email contact? How could people reach out to you if they're interested in learning more about you or Moss and Cooper? Well, I'm on, on LinkedIn and Facebook, uh, Filipa Pinto de Carvalho, uh, and also Martin Cooper's website is uh, pretty simple, uh, martincooper.com. And that's M-O-S-S-C-O-O-P-E-R.com. Is it double P or single P? It's double O and one P. Okay, just to make sure. <laughs> thank you. No, yeah, okay. Just wanted to double check. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Philippe. It was a, it was really a joy to have you on the show, and best of luck and much success in the future. Thank you so much, Fernanda. And I'm looking forward to having you and we global here in Portugal collaborating with us. Yes, I am too. Well, thank you again and tune in next week for more Startup Hacks. We have another great show you won't want to miss on the secret female founder strategies that will save you time and money when building your business. This podcast is brought to you by We Global Studios, the first startup innovation studio and digital do-it-yourself startup platform for women entrepreneurs around the world. For more information on our guests, this podcast, and many other female founder programs, please visit weglobalstudios.com. I'm your host, Fernanda Kirapina, and we will see you next week.